All right. Well, old school. Jake, you're John. I don't want Ben Gleam, everybody. All right. So I have exciting announcements about Ben in a second. I have no exciting announcements about John. Neither do I. <laughs> None. I nothing. None. But later in the program, we will talk about vanilla. Um, so literally, literally, you'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but before we do anything else, I just wanted to have fun. This has been ringing my ear since we last did it on old school, and I just want to get you guys hooked on it too, so it's not the I'm not the only one uh, both fascinated and terrorized by it. Uh, let's let's do the longer version, Asher. Let's do it. So I don't know if John or Ben in the audience can no. all could all hear that clearly, um, but uh, just to put the fear of God in you, that was a bunch of Germans chanting "Ost, Ost, Ostdeutschland." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's just like your hype music now, kinda. <laughs> so I'll tell you my history with it. Um, I was looking up randomly soccer chants, ran into that one. It got stuck in my head. I played it on old school a couple of weeks ago, and then it got further stuck in my head. And the first time that I watched it, I thought, "This is the scariest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> um, and you know, when they're and those sons of guns, <laughs> this is a clean version of old school. <laughs> the Germans don't just chant something; they found a way to march within the stadium. They're like going back and forth in the aisles, like Ost, Ost, Ostdeutschland, right? And so I like it scared the bejesus out of me the first time I saw it. Uh, but now I'm like kind of into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, like, you know, there was that period where like a lot of people thought that like the Maori Maori Haka was like the the most like hype, scary. Maybe the Germans, especially in big groups, are just inherently scarier. I don't know. Maybe football oh. teams will start doing that before important games. No, no, no. But it's def like okay. So first of all, the the chance of the soccer games are uh, both awesome and a lot of them are hilarious. So yeah, the fact that football fans in America don't do chants like that is deeply embarrassing. Like like <laughs> soccer clubs in Dresden are frightening little children and animals. Okay, with their <laughs> chants. You guys keep like you are big bad football teams. I want like da 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 charge. Well, nah, Jank, that's some Jank. sauce. First of all, I just think actually we need to meet in the middle as a planet on this. I think the wave was about as intense as our chance should have gotten globally, and we should just <laughs> stick with the wave. And I feel like here in America we don't have soccer chants as intense because we still don't quite get the sport. We're not fully mm-hmm. immersed yet. How do you chant aggressively? Like, we think we are gonna win unless they add on a random amount of time during bonus time due to unmeasured penalties. <laughs> it doesn't really flow <laughs> off the tongue. No, but a lot of them, by the way, don't, right? So, um, God damn it, now I'm gonna make, like, Asher, I don't know if you could find the Millwall one, or if it's too hard to find it from the last time we did it. Um, but 
Like here, here's a chant that I love that we showed last time. Uh, English fans chanting about different players, and they'll say, Suarez, your teeth are offsides, your teeth are offsides, your teeth are offsides, because Suarez has huge, unsurprisingly, huge teeth. Uh, and they're like, <laughs> Mesut Ozil, your eyes are offsides, your eyes, he's got the condition where his eyes bug out. Oh no. They're terrible, terrible, and I love well, it. <laughs> so, Jenk, do you, knowing what you know about Americans as individuals, but especially when you assemble them in large groups, do you want them to be encouraged to be more insulting and aggressive in their chants? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because get it out of your system, vent. So we're not fighting at airports. So you're <laughs> like not doing weirdo things where you're showing up to protest with high with weapons and etc. To get the like, I bet you, my God, if we get the right wing, like one good chant at CPAC, and it could be literally the same exact chant, Ost Ost <laughs> and that's it. We're good. We're good. They get it out of their mm -hmm. system. And they come back to being decent people. You don't think like five minutes of vigorous tall C, tall C, tall C will do it for them? Uh, no. <laughs> you know what? This is what CPAC might look like soon. Hit it. A bunch of white people staring at the wall. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. are they like moving down the aisle? Yeah, yeah, they're unbelievable. But then they're you gotta go back down to the scene. aisle it's and then mess. marching back. And they went from the one hand salute, which these days is not so kosher, okay? Uh, so they go in two hands, mm -hmm. and they're going, they're moving up and down, going, oh, oh, I see their faces, oh, starts land, right? And of I'm course, just concerned. I'm concerned mostly for the spilled popcorn and beer on the floor. How do you do a shift like that mm -hmm. mid chant? And the thing I like about the wave is that the end of the wave puts you back in your chair and you're just mm -hmm. done. It's very efficient. Yeah, uh, we're never gonna win this way. Uh, the, so by the way, let's note this. Anna was just at the uh, Munich Security Conference. So she mm -hmm. was just in Ost, Ost, Ostdeutschland. Although, to be fair, I don't know if Munich's on the east side or the west side. Uh, I only took German for five years. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Peter lives in Munich, München. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I know Deutsch ein bisschen. Uh, so, she was just there and she was at the security conference. And everybody there was pressuring Germany to sell arms to Ukraine, apparently. Um, I'm like, are we sure we want the Germans to get more militaristic? Mm -hmm. Are we sure about that? Well, I mean, if you're selling arms, technically you have less arms now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by that logic, shouldn't America run hand, out eventually? Right? <laughs> <laughs> we seemed, it seems to be a renewable resource here. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, so uh, Tamur the 905 Dragon Road in too many weeks without old school. Good to have you back, good trio here, thank you. The Great American Healthcare Famine wrote in, am I staying up late for old school? I guess, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I like it, you did. Now, exciting announcements about Ben Glebe. First of all, Ben Glebe, new contributor on Rebel Headquarters, da, 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 da. Yeah. Craig, hit it.
Okay. That was totally my nope. fault. I confused that because we were going to play Ben's thing for his other thing. And so that's why they played that. I get it. Uh, so just to be clear, Ben's doing three videos a week on Rebel Headquarters. Everybody check that out. He's awesome, brilliant, hilarious. You see it. So you're going to see that. Uh, and the thing that we just showed you is Gleeb off the top. Okay. And so Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway, who is brilliant, uh, is going to be on there with him. So how do you get tickets? I'm glad you asked. Um, BenGlebe.com, BenGlebe.com. Okay, G L E I B. So there you have it. Okay, and you and see it at the so bottom weird. there. You see. It. Yeah, it's just a weird improvised show, and we just go nuts and use face filters to play tons of characters, and it's very <laughs> weird out of the box. Really fun thing if you want, just literally a break. It's a fictional town called Madtown. The attendees are the mad ones. We elect a mayor every two weeks. I kind of run my own. Part autocracy, part democracy, because there's a mayor, but I'm the mad king. And so you can actually get power in this town, help shape it. But mostly it's just a silly comedy show you can get tickets to. So it should be fun. But uh, my Rebel HQ videos start in about a week. Starting next week, we should be uh, popping out three a week. I'm pretty excited. Ben, do you know where your uh, family's originally from? Uh, did they come from Europe? They do. I mean, some of them do. My grandfather's from Poland. And my grandmother actually is from China, um, and another grandfather from Poland, and um, and then Israel is where my parents are from, and so kind of all over the map. This yeah. actually, this map behind me, you can see in the background, the golden parts are where my family has actually lived. So you can see there, like oh, you nice. see the U.S. and you see uh -huh. South America and you see China and and. Uh, Bogota, Colombia, where my dad went to high school. Don't ask about those years. He doesn't like to talk about it. Okay, um, so I just wish that you guys would get out and see the world a little bit, but <laughs> each his own. Uh, so do your grandparent that lived in China, were they Chinese or no? Or were they the only Jew in China? <laughs> I, you know, this is hard to determine the answer to that because I am pretty certain the real answer is that my grandmother is was just nationally Chinese, was from China. But was a Russian Jew. Some of them come from like Russia back in the day too. But um, hard to know because she was a. I don't know. I don't know what you're allowed to say these days as far as describing what groups of people sometimes tend to look like. But she could have been Chinese. She was a very sweet little lady, and I have a theory that maybe she was actually ethnically Chinese as well. But I don't know that that's true. Well, that's the great thing about the Central Asian area, right? So, like Turks are from Central Asia. So a lot of Turks look Asian. Um, mm -hmm. So you're like, I don't know, <laughs> right? Is that the Are sort of thing that like uh, ancestry would would get? Would there be enough distinction there for them Ooh. to tell the difference for you? Yeah. So I'm gonna do one of those 23andMe or Ancestry.com one of these days, but only when they become a million dollar sponsor. Um, <laughs> so by the way, I'm not kidding. Uh, but it will take a couple of years <laughs> for us to convince them of that. <laughs> um, so um, I just did one for my dog, and I don't even know how reliable they are, to be honest with you. Um, we were told it was reliable, but our dog is very clearly a terrier. He's a, he's a rescue puppy, terrier mix, looks just like Toto from Wizard of Oz. Came back 40% Chihuahua, 40% Poodle, part <laughs> cock Spaniel, and maybe 1% Terrier. and. I just call BS on that 100%. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's a 
I've said this before, um, Turks are kind of like your dog. Um, you never know what you're gonna get inside. Uh, so I have <laughs> I have friends who did the ancestry thing uh, and they came out mainly Eastern European, all Turkish, mm. okay? Uh, so mainly Eastern European, another guy did it, he came out mainly Italian and North African. Um, so I, mean, I have no idea what I'm gonna come out. My uh, mom's side is originally from the Caucasus area um, and looks slightly Asian. Um, Your mom's uh, from Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> I get that. So, you know, the for the right wing who derisively call me brown, my mom is quite literally Caucasian. Uh, <laughs> um, now, at the same time, my dad, quite literally brown. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I get a little bit more of my dad's genes. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm super looking forward to it. I, I don't know if I'm rooting for myself to be mainly Asian, mm -hmm. uh, mainly Mediterranean, Middle Eastern. Um, I mean, I don't know. based on Ben's experience, you could end up being like 1% Turkish, 40% poodle, who knows? Yeah, it's, it's possible. <laughs> no, by the way, that is possible because a part of my family might be French. Really? French poodle. Oh, so there you go. Okay, I thought that story was going a little further than you needed to share on the air. I thought <laughs> you were gonna say, and then for a while, had an affinity for poodles. I don't know how strong <laughs> it was. But Ben, you're not that far off because there's an actual rumor about me that, that yeah. I would say the right wing says, but honestly, like all my detractors say, including the New York Times. Uh, so I once made a joke about bestiality on air, and the New York Times, when I was running for office, said Jake Huger, who's uh, you know uh, likes to have sex with animals. Oh my God! <laughs> so some great journalism there. They didn't say it quite like that. But it, it, it was like who has like very seriously, but on a long list of all of my offenses, wrote down that I'm in favor of legalizing bestiality. I'm surprised the media got it wrong. I don't know how they did that. Normally very diligent. <laughs> yeah, Particularly especially with progressives. progressives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Coke. Uh, I want to be clear in advance of any ancestry test that while I am generally thought of as a Euro mutt, there's no dogs involved in the blood chain, just in case the New York Times is watching. Yeah. Run for office someday. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because Bishian wrote in. Uh, this is an amazing set of coincidences because I just said Ein Bishian for how much German I know. <laughs> uh, and Bishian wrote in and said, God, John is so hot. I get so excited when he's on TYT. I love that dry humor in the Twitch chat. <laughs> is it? <laughs> the I sarcastic know. burns. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if Bishan is like your aunt and it's weird. Uh, I don't know if it's someone who actually thinks that or somebody who's messing with I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bishan will get there, don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Nicolette Kennedy just uh, joined uh, by hitting the join button below on YouTube. So, uh, is she a bit of an American hero? I guess. Is vanilla the standard flavor? <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. um, John, let's start with you. Just in general, like across just the most foods, 
Uh, I don't know. I feel like chocolate shows up in not only desserts, but also a number of savory foods in certain cuisines um, in a way that I don't know that vanilla ever really gets much play outside of dessert. So I, I could kind of see that. I mean, salty. No, yeah, yeah, sorry, I should clarify. You're right. That's an interesting point. I guess I meant in like sweet slash ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I yeah, I think that that's fair to say. I think that or maybe just sugar generally like sugar cookies are about the most bland and offensive cookies imaginable. But yeah, vanilla has been chosen. There's no good reason why vanilla would be a default flavor any more than cinnamon or peanut butter or basically anything else. It's not particularly common, I don't think here no, at least. I disagree. What? I disagree. You think there's a good I reason? I think there's a good reason. I think that vanilla is definitely the plain flavor, and it's because it's the most plain of the flavors. It's still delicious, but cinnamon, you got spices going on there, dancing on your tongue. Vanilla <laughs> is tasty for being bland. It's delicious for being like everyone's gonna like it. That's why if you're only stocking one flavor in a soft serve, you're going vanilla because it's just not offensive to anybody. It just it just works on most hmm. palates to some degree. And then when you start adding, I think you add everything else probably to vanilla. I mean, maybe there's not actual vanilla in it, but sorta, you know? Yeah. So uh, our answers indicate that we're racist. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I said there's no reason. It's a social construct, is what it is. <laughs> this wasn't the hidden racism test. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> but but in in ways that I didn't expect. Okay. My favorite so flavor I, is African American ice cream, though. Am I allowed to say that? Always <laughs> <laughs> been my favorite flavor. So, by the way, New York Times, we are kidding. We're not actually no. racist. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, no, because I was thinking about it in my context, but you guys had slightly different answers, right? Because I thought, yeah, of course, vanilla is a standard flavor, of course, right? Uh, and then I thought, uh, and why this topic's on the show in the first place? I was like, wait a minute. Why is it chocolate the standard flavor? Why is vanilla the standard flavor? And then I thought that's interesting assumptions that we all make, right? Uh, we all think, well, vanilla is the one that's the standard, and it doesn't have to be that way. Why is it that way, right? But Ben had a pretty good answer, which makes me think maybe it's not just because we're all racist, like because vanilla is the most plain, or maybe we're racist against white people because they're so mm -hmm. plain. Yeah, or or we think of it as plain because we've grown up with it as the base and so we've become socialized. I think that there is a flavor argument to be made. I think that vanilla is basically let's add sugar to something and then tweak it slightly. To get to chocolate is a bigger jump from just something being sweet. But I think one way to answer this is we have an international audience. Is vanilla considered the default, assuming that ice cream is even common in these other countries? Is that the default in their country or is there something else? Is it, I don't know, caramel or matcha or God knows what in other places? I'm very well, curious to hear the answer to that. And my girlfriend's name is Carmel, so Carmel's definitely the preferred flavor in this house. But that but I digress. <laughs> the 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 point also about chocolate is that people dream about chocolate. No one's dreaming about vanilla. Vanilla does the trick, but chocolate, no one has signs in their kitchen made of wood carvings that say, I'm falling. I forget falling in love, I'd rather fall in vanilla. No, they say fall <laughs> in chocolate. That's the dream. You can't have the dream be the standard. There'd be nothing to shoot for. Huh, interesting twist. 
Okay, see, there's a lot of twists and turns here. And I love the question of is vanilla the standard flavor in all countries? And you guys also triggered another thought that I had never even considered. I had assumed that vanilla was the standard flavor in all ice creams, like that you build from the base of vanilla, right? Mm -hmm. And you add things, right, to make it a different flavor. But now that you guys mentioned it, that's probably not the case. Probably the standard flavor is just sugar. sugar. Yeah. Right. No, if you look at the most basic ice cream recipe, I don't think that vanilla is necessarily a part of that. Yeah, I, I might not be could, vanilla. What's that? Well, no, I would love to hear the rest of your thought, and I don't know why. I yeah, I was gonna say, I, I think that you probably could cover up vanilla more easily. I think it, like going to vanilla is an easy way to add the coldness, texture, and overall sweetness to something like when you do it like with pie or something like that. Whereas Having like a big scoop of strawberry next to pie seems like it's making much more of a statement. But again, I, I don't know how we can escape the possibility that we've been socialized into this over time in both our own lives and pop culture. Yeah, can I just say right before John said the word, I swear to God, I was gonna jump in and say, I can't tell you how much I'm now instantly in the mood for strawberry ice cream, even though no mm -hmm. one had said it. So that's what popped into my head, that's what popped into John's head. And in fact, that makes me think, after vanilla and chocolate, we all think strawberry, don't we? Yeah, we do all think that. And I mean, you're, you're just admitting us, you got a thing for redheads and that's fine. Everybody's got their own taste, <laughs> everybody's got their own taste. And, and look, literally last night I ate, and I never eat strawberry ice cream things. I had two strawberry shortcake popsicles. I had gotten one for my girlfriend and one for me. And then she said no to eating it last night, so I decided, She's not gonna get one at any point because I wanna have both. It was delicious, but it was no vanilla and it was no chocolate. I gotta be very straight up about that. And also I have to go on the record saying that you would think that maybe there's some socialization here, but if you're a Cold Stone fan like I am, when you go into Cold Stone Creamery, yeah, you can mix with their plain or you can mix with their vanilla and it becomes any flavor. You put banana in there, you got banana ice cream. You're not putting bananas in chocolate ice cream, now you got chocolate banana ice cream. See, that's sounds, interesting. That I didn't okay. know Cold Stone had a quote unquote plain flavor. I've never heard of plain before. I think they do. I'm, I'm not going to die on that hill, but I think that they do. <laughs> do you, um, if you're a right wing media, you just say it. Who cares? And <laughs> on 40% of the country will always say that there's plain vanilla, plain ice cream, and it's their favorite. What they would say is, Cold Stone has implemented a plain flavor to push out vanilla ice cream from even being a choice, trying to marginalize white people. Is this the kind of country you want to live in where other flavors are welcome? There's not even room for vanilla, even though it's still there available at all times. Ben and Jerry's are funding critical cream theory classes at <laughs> dairies around the country. If um, so I often think of like, yeah, so it'd be vanilla, chocolate, then strawberry in the same way that I think of like for Pop-Tarts, blueberry and strawberry are the default. But I also think of the defaults of basically everything as being something that you have as kids, but you then move past. If you were to ask someone what their favorite ice cream was and they were to respond vanilla or anything where vanilla is a plausible option, that's what they said. Would you judge them as being simplistic or uncreative? Or unadventurous. If they said vanilla is their favorite color, vanilla is their favorite ice cream flavor or I mean, whatever yeah, ice cream flavor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, wouldn't yeah. everybody? 
Yeah, because my dad's favorite flavor is vanilla, and we judged him our whole childhoods. See, he would always only get vanilla, and we'd be like, Dad, there's all these flavors. How do you not want that most of the time? Try other things. He's like, I love vanilla. And we were like, boring. There's a lot of judgment. There was See, a lot you of know hardcore. That? It turns out we do need a vanilla convoy. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it, oh, my bad. We already had one. Uh, it doesn't get any more milk <laughs> vanilla than Canadian right wingers. <laughs> <laughs> there's also yeah, there's the slight I heard, the, I heard, the, uh, no, I heard the, the vanilla convoy start was started by raisins. I mean racists. <laughs> It'd be more interesting if they had raisins in there. That's for sure. Yeah, John, you were saying. Yeah, I think I, the, I I would hope that I would be able to move past this. But if someone, if we were having a conversation with people and someone did say that their favorite flavor was vanilla, wouldn't like a tiny part of you wonder if. It's kind of maybe subconsciously racist. Like, are they trying to say something to stake out the position of villa vanilla in the socio-political context we're in? I feel like that's kind of a needlessly racist. Uh, ben, he just called your dad a racist. Let's just be clear. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. That's yes, by yes, today's yes. standards. We couldn't have known back then. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I only, I only, I like, I disagree with the argument because it could be somebody's just a messy eater. And they think that if they <laughs> spill vanilla on their white robes, it won't affect them as much. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, it's, so. a, it's an excellent point. Thank um, you. <laughs> all right, well, we had fun with that. I, I, I've got more where that vanilla came from, but uh, but I'm gonna move because I promised you guys another topic too. But first, Galfar71 on Twitch says, Rebel HQ's getting packed. Yeah, yes. there's a lot of stars on there. Like, no joke, Rebel HQ is like huge. Um, a naughtiest Maximus writes in old school. Hey, John and Ben are on with Jack. Too strong. I like that. Okay, <laughs> by strong, the way, too furious. Uh, is it brought to you by Too Strong Coffee? I guess. TooStrongCoffee.com/tyt. If you buy enough of it, I will do all shows like this, so my <laughs> face is covered by the mug at all times. Come on, that's a good incentive. TwoStrongCoffee.com/tyt. Hold on, really fast. Before we move on, I just saw a reference in the chat, so I looked it up. There is an article on the Guardian from 2014 titled "Black People Were Denied Vanilla Ice Cream in the Jim Crow South Except on Independence Day." There's like a history of racism in ice cream. Are you? Is that, that real? Is that I'm a real? I'm looking at the article on the Guardian right now. Oh my God! It's by a person named Michael Twitty. So, you know, take that for what you will. Race is a human construct. Uh, and when you just say that and you move on, people's eyes glaze over and they don't know what you're talking about. That's my general experience. Uh, but, um, but what it means is we made it up, right? There is no actual race of black or white or Asian. Uh, in fact, you know, if you go to Bhutan, uh, and I might not even be right about this. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so let's put it this way: between China and India, uh, you go to those uh, neighboring areas, but either in those countries or uh, in nearby countries, you say, "Is this person Indian or Chinese?" Right? And you'll get a, I don't know, okay, because a lot of folks look both Indian and Chinese because they're right next to each other. There's a, there's a border. I know it's. Um, Hard to imagine. And by the way, my geography is terrible. So there's only a 61% chance I'm right. Um, so, and so, 
And is and there? I don't know. Face is terrible. Looked like you're having a stroke there. I thought you'd say <laughs> if you asked them that question, they have a stroke eighty percent of the time. I don't know what you were. Face was melting. You were like, uh. <laughs> no one's ever asked this. <laughs> there was never a moment where God or King or a collection of people said, "All of these people here are Chinese or Asian." Right, Chinese a little bit more because there's some borders to an empire, and then we later call that empire China, right? Although at the time it wasn't called China, it had a lot of different dynasties, and it wasn't these borders. But but there is no delineation of he's Asian and they and and she isn't to the point that we were having about Ben's grandmother before, because this yes. whole show is centered around Ben's grandmother. <laughs> Thank every finally. week. It's good to finally <laughs> have him on to comment on it. It was getting a bit yep. creepy. Yeah, it was getting weird. We're like, I mean, are we ever gonna figure out is Ben's grandmother Asian or isn't she? God damn it, right? So um, so since race is a human construct, it's a thing we made up. And then we go, okay, well, what does that guy look like? Okay, all right, we're gonna call him black, we're gonna call him white, right? Um, and in America, we particularly made it up uh, for the purpose of slavery um, because it was a justification. Oh, it's okay, they're not like us. Because doing that kind of brutality to someone that you identify with is, is too much to bear even for the, the racists that, that ran slavery in the South in the old days. And even for the Germans, that's why they had to otherize the Jews, the Poles, etc. And they had to say, oh, no, they're not like us at all. Uh, and, and, they're, and they're like animals and bugs and creatures and demons, etc. right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that mindset is meant to circle the wagons. We are this identity, and and in the case of America, we're not the only ones who uh, you know cared about race, made race an issue, were racist, etc. That's happened all across the world, right? But we kind of industrialized it with slavery. Uh, and by the way, there was slavery all across the world. And sometimes it would be about race, but oftentimes it wasn't. Uh, the most common form of slavery historically was getting captured in war. Uh, then you would become the slaves of the captured, uh, the capturing army, and it had nothing to do with race. So America turned it into that. Uh, this is a very long way of asking whether conservatives are more evil uh, than than the rest of us. And now that's kind of a dark topic. If you will, uh, and and it's pretty heavy, and obviously conservatives are going to be livid and get evil on me. Um, but but yeah, they they circle the wagons. The part of the point of a conservative is I am worried about the others. I'm fearful of the others, and I might even dislike the others. And I'm going to take care of my own. I'm going to take care of my family, my community, my church, etc. But the the others, uh, no, I'm against the others, right? And well, doesn't that make you a bad guy? Because it's not really true. We're all the same. We're all humans, and you're randomly labeling people others and then discriminating against them. Isn't that kind of the definition of a bad guy? I mean, I think there, there's a lot of different angles to take on this. One, I think. Um, 
conservatives if they were being like obviously very few people are going to say yes I'm racist you can occasionally get the viral Karen who will admit that on tape or something but most won't say it but if they were being honest I think a lot of conservatives would say uh, okay sure I prefer people like me but everyone really does I'm just being honest about it I think that they think that no one doesn't think the way that they do they're just being more authentic about it they think that the the damn libs, who by the way have all sorts of baked in racist thoughts too. Let, let's keep it real, um, that they're just lying about it. It's it's virtue signaling. It's not authentic. Everyone is racist. I think that they do think that. I think conservative men think everyone is sexist and should be, amongst a whole bunch of other phobias and isms and all that. Um, I don't think that conservatives, and and in my answer, I'm mostly talking about the politicians and the media leading them. I don't think that any group has like you know, a monopoly on evil. But I think that there is a very enthusiastic playing into really negative psychological predispositions on the right that a lot of humans have, but they tend to be more common on the right. Um, you know, fears and jealousies and selfishness along a bunch of different demographic lines. And I think that their willingness to play into that is pretty reprehensible. But I also think we can identify like you know if if you look at the way that the democrats have you know spent the last year and a half of having you know effectively all political power if you will have all of that and do absolutely nothing is that not in effect as evil in terms of the effect that it has on people's lives it's a little bit less openly xenophobic and toxic but it's no more helpful to most people so there there's a lot of evil i think but yes i think a lot of high profile conservatives are if if evil is to mean anything, it would apply to them. Ben. Yeah, I mean, well, so much to unpack there. I think that I'm now strongly regretting how much I said that I like vanilla ice cream earlier. I don't <laughs> I don't like it that much. Um, it's okay, it's fine. It's one just equally one of the flavors. And I love all the flavors being in there. Um, look, I think that certainly not all conservatives are evil. That would be ridiculous to say, but I do think as a political position, as a as a side of the aisle, as it were, to live on, it encompasses as a monolithic group of issues, as as a party platform of the Republican Party, it encompasses so many things that whether they're afraid of others or they just use others as an excuse to advance the interest that they want. You, I'm sorry, but you can't be in favor of any law that redistricts a place to keep more black people in one district so that your vote counts less. You can't be in favor of any voting mm -hmm. restriction. You can't be in favor of any of the multitude of things that people on the right these days in our country support and will talk around a million different ways to act as though there's a reason to justify it. Your own finances, your own church, your own neighborhood, your own team does not matter nearly as much as making sure that is all you're getting the share for those people for your group. Once we have a, a, a fair playing field in which all groups can benefit and have the same shot at that stuff. And when you pass legislation or fight for it, that is that is against that, you are being evil. You're, you're being a bad person, I do think so. Yeah, so. Um, we've got definitive word on vanilla in a minute, and I know everybody's looking forward to that uh, breaking news. 
there's two pretty significant upsides to conservatives. One is sometimes you gotta circle the wagons. Sometimes there are lions out there or bad guys out there or a different tribe who doesn't have good intentions, right? It's back in the day, right? Now the problem is we aren't back in the day, okay? And so you could say that about Russia today, like they, I'm not sure they have honest intentions towards those Ukrainian republics that they're talking about here. And so you gotta know when to circle the wagons and sometimes you need conservatives like Winston Churchill in World War II, I get it, right? And 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 they're fierce in defending their own. So bless their hearts on that. And sometimes you shouldn't change. Here in America nowadays, we need desperate amount of change, right? But you know, there's situations where not all change is good change. So 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 we need conservatives. But and I don't even believe in the concept of evil. But I think that there are things that are what we. Uh, culturally think are morally right and morally wrong. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that we should all be able to agree, and I bet we do agree, which goes to John's point, that even if you ask conservatives, is excluding other people, especially other people in America, i.e. our tribe, right, our collective tribe, is excluding other people or making sure that they have less rights than you, good or bad? I think that overwhelming percentage of people would say that's bad, that's morally bad, right? And then they'll turn around and go, but don't let the transgender into the bathrooms, exclude them, right? And don't let the gays get married, they shouldn't have the same rights as we do, exclude them, right? And don't let blacks to vote to, to Ben's point or have the same number of districts as there is proportional to their representation. So when you think about it that way, in a sense, I think conservatives are admitting that they're the bad guys. I, I like that you are trying to make sure that we're seeing our own flaws. Like they, they have a lot of groups that they would be willing to strip the rights away from. But I think this is old school. We should be honest. I don't think billionaires should be able to get married legally. I just don't <laughs> think they, they are. I will stand by that. I don't want to be in the bathroom, the same bathroom with a billionaire. I don't trust them. They're very weird people. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Look, and, and again, like we, we, when I say evil, I don't. I, I'm the least religious person in the world. I don't believe in any sort of fundamental spiritual evil. I just believe something that I think should be fairly objective, uh, objectively immoral. That I think we can. You know, regardless of what philosophical system you use, we can identify certain patterns of behavior that if everyone routinely follows those patterns, society will suffer. But the thing is, like fundamentally, we don't not all ideological systems define the tribe, you know, as broadly. Like they they just don't. I don't think that they feel like you said, you know, Americans are a tribe. I don't think that they agree. They can wave a flag and pretend that it's pro-America and all that, but they clearly will slice it up much more, much more finely than that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like you said, Jenk, conservatism is important in a society. I think you definitely need checks and balances in all parts of life and in all parts of legislation as well. But I think a conservative's role what our problem is we've become just far too like stuck in cement in our opinions. Our conservatives role, he should be the guy in or or the girl in the con, in the congressional debate that just says, wait, 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 seems like things are moving too fast. Maybe we're changing too fast and we're gonna lose control of it. But then when they rebut and have great points for why, thanks for reminding us we shouldn't move too fast, but here's why it's time, they should mm-hmm. they should then say, 
Okay, I'm just here to remind you, but fair enough, you made your point. And they never do that last part. They act as though it has to be a line in the sand, like life never evolves, which is bonkers. You you are there to remind us maybe don't change too fast. But as life changes, you can't keep going and fighting the fight from 10 fights ago and try to get us to unevolve and backwards age our country like we're one enormous landmass Benjamin Button. You can't do that. <laughs> and as to the Democrats not getting done during this period of time, I will I will just say I don't feel like it's necessarily just their lack of desire to do things. I think we've got two people that are in that are particularly putting their their thumb on the scale too too aggressively. Yeah, it's it's, it's like you guys are reading my mind. Uh, I was just gonna say uh, conservatives' best role is to go wait 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 wait. Let's slow down a little bit and think this through. Are we sure that it's you know, we should be going this fast. So, I mean, identical to what you were going to say, Ben, and or what you did say, and and so I think that's a good role, a healthy role. And sometimes they'll be right. Sometimes we will be going yeah. too fast or too far, right? Um, but we have slipped away from that completely. Uh, and right now, I think uh, conservatives represent the past, progressives represent the future, and um, and mainstream represents. Uh, the present, uh, the status mm-hmm. quo, and we're in this superheated three-way battle, where the left and the right hate the middle. Uh, the middle thinks it's gold and thinks it's beloved by the whole country, uh, and uh, and then the left and the right don't like each other at all. But I think we actually both hate the middle more, and because it's not really the middle, uh, like it's not the middle in terms of policy, it's not the or issues. Um, the left and the right agree on a lot of the middle. Like we don't want the endless wars. We all agree we don't want corruption. Yeah. We agree, right, on on core issues. Um, and uh, and theoretically, we're supposed to win uh, because obviously you can't stop change. So progressives are going to win in the long run, for mm-hmm. sure. That's a fact, and we always do, right? But damn, it takes a long time to get there. Jesus, I mean, boy, did we slow down, slow down <laughs> for like 50 freaking years. So, and, and now this is totally out of tangent, but I, I've just been interviewing people on the conversation and the guests that used to say, oh, come on, you're being unfair to Democrats, give them a give them another chance, are all saying, F the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't stand their uh, lack of action. And I would then add to that. Exactly, but that does not mean well. We wash our hands of it, and eh, fascism is a fine alternative. Obviously, some people would advocate for that without explicitly making the connection. Yeah, the only thing I would I would possibly disagree with you on is the, the terminology. I I hate it's it's a weird pet peeve. I hate so much of the words we choose to use that we're manipulated into using in our political discussions because there's nothing there's nothing like center about them or moderate about them. We are effectively identifying people who are holding their hands up and saying, let's not change. But let's identify that it's not like we want change and they don't. Otherwise, we're quite similar. They don't want change because they've won and they'd very much like to continue winning for a very long time, preferably until they're dead. Maybe their kids too, maybe them look forward that much. So it's not that there's the left and the right and there's some like if you take every policy and cut it in half you end up with them 
they generally don't want things to change. They don't want the government to spend money because they understand that would necessitate taxes going up. The taxes going up would affect them, so they don't want that. There is, I think, something about the left and the right both hating those who have won under the current system and are maintaining it. But obviously, everything else about the way we view that group, what we would do to change things is very different. And the ways that that group, whether you know big D or big R, the way they try to stop change, the messaging that they use to those ostensibly on the left and the right is obviously very different. But I hate most of our talk about the political spectrum. I think that it obscures so much change. Like obviously we have our frustration with people who, you know, many at least would have thought that they were on the left at one point, maybe some still think they're on the left. They're identified as being more left in some way. And the reason that is, is because there's an understanding that they're more extreme in some way. But the way that they're more extreme is not more purely left. It is moving off in another direction, collapsing everything down into two dimensions. I think obscures a lot more than it reveals in our politics. In fact, I think we got one good thing out of this conversation at least. Um, and that's me realizing that, wait a minute. The people most against change in America today are is not the right wing, it's the establishment. They have it nearly perfect, they're getting all of the money and they have all of the power and we have complete corporate rule. The right wing at this point does want change, they just wanna change to go back to the old ways mm-hmm. where it wasn't necessarily corporations or et cetera that were in charge, it was just simply white folks who were in charge, right? And so if you're gonna boil it down, I think actually that is a fairly accurate description. Honestly, if you ask a right winger right now, here, if you're in the right wing and you're watching, I'll ask you and see if, and be honest with yourself if you can be. If it's not going back, because it's make America great again, right? By definition, it's you're trying to go into the past. So if it's not white people being in charge, what is it? Go. They had no answer. I guarantee you, they had no answer. Oh uh, well, you they know, want, they want they want to give the country to the Native Americans again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just I want to go back to Harriet and Oz, Ozzy and Harriet, and mm-hmm. wait, they're all white. Um, and like the 1950s, where everything was fabulous. Yeah, you didn't think they were they were implying Ozzy Smith and Harriet Tubman in that? You thought the white <laughs> Ozzy and Harriet? Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, what do, what are you trying to go back to? But at least they want change, right? <laughs> Whereas the status quo is like, no, everything shall look, remain exactly as it is, and you will keep look, getting crushed. I don't know. I heard you, Jenk, on this topic. I heard John as well, and I'm in the middle on it. <laughs> <laughs> so that combined with your like of vanilla, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're out of time for this segment, but I have the answers on vanilla, you guys, definitive answers. But remember, the next episode is just for members, tyt.com slash join. If you happen to be watching on YouTube, it's really easy for you guys. You just hit the join button below the video. But for everybody else, also not complicated, it's just three letters, tyt.com and then slash join. All right, so Omol's a member and said, as a cook, I can point out that vanilla is a major part of what we think of as chocolate flavor. The reverse is not true, which in my mind makes vanilla seem more basic. Okay, and then he's backed up by Notorious Sparkle Dragon. 
obviously, on YouTube Super Chat. They write in, vanilla is the base for most custard. Ice cream is a frozen custard. Chocolate has vanilla in it, strawberry too. I'm a southern girl, we make ice cream every summer. Okay, so. I knew that. I love vanilla for a reason. I'm back <laughs> fully with vanilla. Count me in. Not only that, on a on Twitch we did a poll, and the results. I'm going to tell you only if you're a member. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, the default flavor, 76% said Rocky Road. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> 76% said Mango. All right, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, go. Sense said amaretto uh, vanilla and and chocolate was 24%. Okay, so hey, 76 and vanilla. That's coincidentally, uh, the country is about 24% African American. No, I'm kidding. kidding. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, all right, guys. Uh, so, members, we got more awesome uh, topics for you guys, including this thriller. Why are some packages backwards? What? <laughs> <laughs> you you working on my pants again? What's going on here? <laughs> More Ostdeutschland uh, for the members when we return. <laughs>